Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and landed episode number 275, which is a mockery of time and space. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Trying to get up the energy. Woo! I didn't let your dancing distract me. I even took a uh, nap before I came, but <laughs> that didn't help much. <laughs> I just got up from a nap when you got here. So. I probably should have taken a nap. <laughs> the sluggish podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a bit tired, so I'll try to keep it up. This will be a short one this week, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm mostly tired because today we took Cody out to Lake Shawnee, our, our area lake, and we ended up walking like two and a half miles oh, with wow. him out there. Oh, wow. Nice. So, Good exercise. Though. Yeah, it was fun. He did you go to Paws it. in the Park yesterday? We did. We didn't take Cody, but we went. How was it? It was good. It was really good. He doesn't always do well with a lot of other oh. dogs, especially when he's on a leash. I think, gotcha. he's, I think he's trying to defend us. Like, if he's at the bark park, he's just fine, other than trying to hump them. Um, <laughs> other dogs. Not right, people. right. What you mean? <laughs> and only some, not all of them. Uh, but on the leash, he tends to be, gotta more be discriminating. <laughs> you gotta have taste. <laughs> uh, but he, he tends to be more defensive, and I think it's because he thinks he's defending us. So we didn't know how what it would be like because it was the first time in its location. Hmm. But it was really well spread out. So next year, if they're it's at the same spot, we're gonna take him. But it was good. It was good. Good. I never been, so it was quite the experience. Sean, what'd you do this week? I went camping. How'd that go? <laughs> Which was your first time ever? My, my first time ever. Ever? Ever. Ever. In my life. Uh, so I'm crispy. I came back a little, <laughs> a little slumbered. Which is interesting because we weren't really in the sun all that much. But apparently it was just enough to do that. Um, I, I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. I would go back and do it again. It was not um, not as horrific as I had kind of let myself believe that all people who can't must be insane to go do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it wasn't bad. Did you do anything, Glenn? We celebrated Mason's birthday again this week. Uh, he had his friend's party, so he went to the park, and uh, he had he invited he invited his whole class, but he went to a birthday yesterday, and there was only about four kids, and we got four RSVPs, so must be a bad weekend for parties. Uh, but <laughs> uh, they had fun, though. I know there's a lot of delayed Easter stuff because of the snow we had last be, weekend. Uh, anyway, he had a pokemon theme party, so he had cupcakes that looked like little Pokeballs that Holly <laughs> made, which I was really impressed with, and then... Uh, Played at the park, had some fun. It's cool. Did you guys watch anything this week? I've watched a little bit of Clone Wars, trying to catch up to everybody else. <laughs> I was I got the season heads, four, baby. I got the heads up from uh, Keith that I probably should finish Clone Wars before yeah. I start Rebels. So definitely, because especially anybody the finale. Who, this I, I wish I had finished Clone Wars before I got <laughs> to this point of Rebels. It didn't take anything away from Rebels, but I think it would have had bigger impact of what happens sure. in the season finale. So I took that to heart, and I decided, well, okay, I'll plow on. That's why I've been, be- I'm kind of behind, be- uh, there's the Kane in the Last Padawan comic book. Oh. And apparently a character from Clone Wars, or Rebels, I forget which one, shows up in that comic. And so it's like, well, I don't want to spoil myself there, not knowing what happens here. So. Yeah. And Rebels, I kind of felt, was the same way. And then I heard there's a character that shows up in Rebels from Clone well, Wars. And I'm like, there's a couple. Yeah. And there's a big one in the finale yeah. that I did not expect. And now I'm not going to say more than that because yeah. they did a good job keeping it secret. That's good. So, I think yeah. I know it is because I saw a clip. But Yeah, now that it's aired, it yeah. might, not, might yeah. not be as easy <laughs> to avoid. Okay. I, I still want to see it's, how Clone it's Wars It's fascinating out. how they did it. I have to be honest with you. you know, there's a part of me that's almost a little disappointed in myself as a Star Wars fan because I feel like I should be enjoying it more. <laughs> and instead, I watch Clone Wars, and it's just it's just kind of there. I'm it's, having fun with I mean, it. It's it's don't it's get me good. wrong. It is a good series, but it just I don't salivate over. Oh, the next episode's coming up. If they weren't, if it wasn't such a up and down, I mean, yeah. if it was consistent, Rebel, Rebels is more consistent. That's good in their quality. I uh, was so jazzed about Star Wars coming. Well. Uh, Force Awakens coming out tomorrow. Now it's tomorrow? Yeah. Almost. No, no, Almost. Yeah. Yeah. On Tuesday. Um, but I finally went out and bought... Uh, <laughs> you're going to laugh when you find this out. You're, I finally went out and bought the complete saga on Blu-ray. I still never had done that. <laughs> I still haven't I either. I still oh. had never done that. I know. Isn't that crazy? Wow. The guy, me, the guy that owns every version 
format of Star Wars. When the Blu-ray came out, I just didn't have the money. And so I kept saying, oh, I'll get it eventually, I'll get it eventually, I'll get it eventually. And I just, I did, you say, did you get the Vader packages? I did get the Vader packages, which I'm glad. Does it, have, like, it still has the same discs? I don't it, know. I mean, there's four discs and a 40 hours worth of extras. Okay, according so to the there's thing. still probably it's just I'm probably hoping just that it's the same, but I really like the Vader packaging. I really like the Vader packaging. I've never been a fan of the uh, beige packaging with uh, young Anakin with the shadow on the oh, yeah. on the wall, and, and I think Luke's on that one too, right? Don't they have both of them somehow on that packaging? I honestly don't remember. Uh, I've never been a huge fan of that packaging, and so the Vader one just had, when I went to get it, I thought, oh, I'm going to end up with this. I knew the Vader one was out there, but um, Amazon.com when I originally thought about buying it, said packaging may vary. And I thought, well, oh. I probably won't get the Vader one. I'll probably get the old one because they're getting, trying to get move those. Yeah. And I went to Walmart just on a whim the other night. It was there. And I was like, oh, it was $10 cheaper, too, than oh, normal. Nice. So I got it for 70 instead of 80 or whatever. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I picked it up. So that, and I now own it on Blu-ray. I've never. That's the, the first Star Wars film of any kind that I've owned on Blu-ray now. And did you rush home and pop one of them in? I did I, I didn't because I bought it so late and we had stuff going on and, and so I didn't get around to it. But uh, tomorrow morning, I'm going to put it in, watch some of the extras. Um, I've seen some of the extras because they've popped up on the internet and, and yeah. I think even you and I looked at a couple of them on your disc and I, or me and somebody, I think it was you, looked on them on your <laughs> disc, just some of the, 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 the new stuff that they added. Uh, so I've seen bits and pieces of the discs, but now I'll get a chance to sit down and kind of examine it all. You know me, I'm not an extras kind of guy, so that's not the huge appeal to me, but I am a, because it's Star Wars, I'll make the effort to go out and look at the yeah. extra stuff. Um, but in sharp anticipation of Tuesday coming, because <laughs> I'm going to go buy that. Oh, that was the other thing, and I was at Walmart the other night, and I decided I'm not buying the Walmart one because I don't like the packaging on it, because it's the beige packaging with BB-8 on it, even though I love BB-8, and I think it was one of oh, the best things of the, of the film. It's beige, so it'll match the packaging I don't have. So I think I'm going to Target and getting my copy, which means I can't go at midnight on Monday. Oh, I'll have to wait until to Tuesday yeah. morning. But There is a steel book at Best Buy. Yeah. I, uh, and it's about eight bucks so. more than the normal Blu-ray. Yeah. Is it really? I don't yeah, think It's I'm 27 going. something, and the Blu-ray is 19.99. I have a uh-huh. feeling that when Best Buy... Tuesday morning, I have a feeling they'll you can get it probably for the first five days cheaper than even that. Not as cheap as the nineteen ninety nine. Oh, but, but I, I bet you'll be able to get it from around twenty two to twenty five. That was just what the ad said. Because twenty seven. I've noticed that they do that. They'll put it in the ad, but they'll put the their their suggested retail price on it. But for like a few days, they'll have it like specially uh, marked. So that not it, with everything, but yeah, I have a feeling that particular that one be, they will. Yeah, because they did that with. Uh, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when it came out the first season because the second season is, is you can only get it on Amazon the first season came out it's not Blu-ray I mean it's not uh, Steelbook but yeah. when the first season came out it, in the ad it, it, they had it at uh, 40 something dollars and when you went in that first three or four days it was down to like 30 34 oh. or something like huh. that so. interesting we are up to uh, season we're in season two but I think we're in like episode six or seven of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Huh. you're moving right along yeah Hooked. Be a better <laughs> Are you watching on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Okay. I say because you know I bought even though you can only get through Amazon. I did buy season two of Shield on Blu-ray. So, and I have Agent Carter on Blu-ray too. If you need it, so oh, I didn't know. Oh, that was on Amazon only. It was those two are, and they still are. I thought for sure after six months or so they yeah. would they would see them in stores, but they still not hit stores. They're still Amazon. I, I might I might need to. Um, I might need to accelerate Agent Carter into the playlist based on. Keep something in mind that, that it's heard. it's such a different it's such a different style of show. It's still enjoyable. It's a lot of fun. I don't think season two was as good as season one. In my opinion, it was a different storytelling. Yeah, um, but it's it, don't go into it with the mindset that it's going to be as great as Agents of Shield got because it, it's a different type of storytelling. But it's a, it's a fun, enjoyable. Well, story. Well, what's, what's great about it also is it's a short-term storytelling. It is. It's, it's a nugget. It's more. British because style you're telling only because it's ten episodes. Yeah, and not even that for the first season. It was eight. Wasn't yeah, it? I think yeah. it was eight. Yeah. We also finally I, I forgot about this. We went back and watched the uh, what is it? All All Hail to the King, uh, Marvel one shot that they did with oh. the Mandarin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we finally got. I don't know why. <laughs> we never seen that. I, we just kind of skipped that one or something when everything was coming out. And it's then, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. I think it was Marvel's apology for what they did with the Mandarin. <laughs> See, I, I know they a wanted lot to of validate the... it and say, "Hey, there really is a Mandarin out there." Yeah. And he's 
We're just not going to show it to you. Well, and I, I, I honestly, I was just a little disappointed because what, what prompted is I'd read an article or something where, um, oh, Ben Kingsley, I couldn't remember his name, uh, he had mentioned that, you know, he'd be totally up for coming back. Uh, and, as, and they said, well, you know, can you? And he laughed and he says, well, anything's possible. It's, you know, the Marvel Universe after all. But he says, you know, the, the, the big thing is, is he really Trevor? And I he kind of hail, planted that <laughs> seed. All hail the king kind of retcon that, or kind of fix it, so they could go that route with yeah. it. Is he really Trevor? Yeah, and the the way that one in particular ends is almost like that there is a Mandarin and he's out there and he's right. mad at you and wants you to come right. back. But I still. But is it a ruse that that he has set up, making it? Uh, that's a, how a I would prefer yeah. it. I would yeah, really prefer it to really, be that way. He's really the man. I know that I know the the, the the comic fanboys were just incensed at that. Yeah. I laughed. I loved it so hard. I loved it. It was, I it was so brilliant. great. I mean, I, I yeah. like the Mandarin in the comic books, and I do. I. I did feel a little cheated at first, but I so enjoyed the performance and how they did it. I thought yeah. that was... It's a great way to pull the rug out from underneath yeah. yeah. But even when the guy's in prison, he's like, do the voice. You'll never see me come in again. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, I finished uh, Daredevil Season 2. Oh, yeah. It was really good. I'm, so good. I'm not as... The ending kind of let me down a little bit, but that's, that's what Matt said. He said it was it's, phenomenal up until the end, the, the very last episode. And it's it was like they ran out. The end's not bad. It's not bad. No, he said it's it was not. not he, wasn't, he said it wasn't it's bad. Just, it's just the one the, the one storyline that I was more invested in ended in the penultimate episode, and yes. so then the final episode was this other storyline that feels like it's setting up other stuff. You don't get real. You get resolution, but kind of not really at the end of it. So. You, it's kind of the setup for what's ahead. He said it kind of almost like Game of felt a little bit. He said it almost felt like they realized they ran out of time and oh crap, we got to deal with all this stuff. Yeah, that storyline we... felt a it little does, rushed near yeah. the end. Well, I but think it, also though, I that think storyline also starts four episodes into the show. Well, agreed, but I also think that they, I think the even though the Punisher story arc kind of finishes itself out, I think that they. Because they're treating this as a backdoor pilot, I think they're ready to commit to a Punisher series as well. And I think that what they did is they ended up focusing a little more on that and testing the waters with Punisher to see what the fan reaction would be. And so the other storyline that's in there, I can say Punisher because everybody knows the Punisher's in it. The other storyline that's going on there I think maybe got truncated a bit. But I think also, like you, you even touched on when we talked about it last week, that they're probably holding back some of that for Iron Fist. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of that other storyline yeah, is set up for Iron Fist. Yeah. So. Well, really, we probably could could say who the other storylines involved because it was in Well, it's in been trailers. announced that Elektra's in it. So. Yeah, it's, that's the other but I, I, I think we can say Elektra, but I don't think we that, should divulge what, what, yeah. what her part in this whole role is because that really comes as... That kind of unfolds as it goes. And is so different than what I expected. Yeah. But... but, but Borrowed from a lot of the Daredevil Electra storyline, which I was very impressed. I was very pleased with the fact that they said, you know, they <laughs> wiped away that whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I've always been apologetic for that movie. I, I don't hate that film. I think that film was good. And I even liked Electra, the, the, the solo I still haven't film. watched the solo I still haven't film. watched the solo uh, film. It's, it's not good, but it's not bad. It's one of those films. But it, it they completely diverted from the electric character in the in that movie universe and they've stuck to a lot of the principles of Electra's character in the series mm-hmm. so. the other highlight of my viewing was um, the Supergirl Flash crossover episode I still was, haven't watched it which was everything Batman versus Superman was not <laughs> it was wonderful it was, <laughs> there was so much in there that is great one of the best bits it wasn't even with them well, they were, they were in the room, but it was a line from Kat. And she gives off some quip about some uh, multicultural, diverse CW <laughs> cast. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. I haven't it's got there so yet because I, I fell so far behind on Supergirl that I need to catch up now. Sarah watched it with me because she's a big Flash fan and wasn't as impressed with it as I am, but she hasn't been watching Supergirl. Yeah. So she's kind of jumping in at episode 17 and... <clears throat> kind of wading her way through it and 
there is a strong level of camp in that story. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> More so than they, other Supergirl they, stories. They do that a little bit, though, when they cross uh, the Flash with the Arrow. Yeah. Which I appreciate, because I've always felt like when they do the crossover stories in the comics, they've always had a bit of a camp to them. And, and you'll, and you'll I think love I, Barry in this. See, that's just what I think I've said on this show, that every time they take Barry over to somebody else's show, he becomes Barry from the comics. But when he's in the show, because they're so centered on the... The he's got to be angsty relationship. It's, yeah, it's, they it's have the to Captain Jack syndrome. Exactly, it's Captain yeah. Jack, Jack syndrome. It has a whole thing now, a whole name. It has yeah. a whole name, Captain, Captain, Jack, Captain syndrome. Jack syndrome. We've coined it, but <laughs> <laughs> you'll hear it everywhere from now on. Yeah, all over the internet. You guys well, that'd be it? awesome. What? It will be a Wikipedia entry. <laughs> yeah. The phrase, nobody knows the exact entomology of the phrase, but it's believed to have originated from a Doctor Who podcast <laughs> in Kansas. And we'll all shake our head and go, yeah. Yep. We know who they're talking about. All right, well, should we move on to uh, news? Not much in our news this week, other than Michelle Gomez has been nominated for a BAFTA. Congratulations. Yay. She goes up against Eleanor Worthington Cox for the infield hunting. Chanel Cresswell for This Is England 90, and Leslie Manfield for River. No con- no, uh, no, no contest. No contest. No That's contest. So it doesn't say what specific episodes they're pulling from, but I'm assuming it's 20. It'd be the premiere, wouldn't it? The premiere, probably. Series 9 premiere. You're talking about the uh, Magician's Assistant. Or, yeah, Magician's One Assistant. One of those two episodes. Oh, yeah, no, I don't think it Which would be season premiere. 8. No, yeah, I don't no, think, yeah, not that far back. You never, I never know how BAFTA does it. They do things in weird orders. I think Missy shined in those episodes. She really and, did. And I think even more so than the finale of the previous year. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, best of luck to her. Yes. And that's it for news. It's been a quiet, uh, quiet week. We're not, not going to talk about the casting news? <laughs> The big special news, or is it a yeah, series? I wasn't, I wasn't quite clear on that. Uh, news. It was huge. It was so big it didn't need to be clarified. <laughs> <laughs> it's such big news that I think we should just let it lie. Everyone knows what we're talking about. And by let it lie, I emphasize the lie. <laughs> Man, I hate April Fool's Day. <laughs> anyone was confused and now you know well shall we move on to feedback yeah let's do so this is ben's spoiler review of deep time from the goodreads book club uh message threads which is what we're reviewing this episode so it is yeah oh oh man did you not read that so I guess we're sounding the official spoiler horn now. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers ahead now. Is that our spoiler horn now? Woo-woo! <laughs> All aboard the spoil train. <laughs> Woo-woo! I like that. I'm going to find an official woo. Woo! Sorry, I ran out of breath halfway through that woo. <laughs> oh, I thought you were done just pausing on purpose. Yeah, for emphasis. <laughs> dramatic, dramatic, dramatic emphasis. Woo-woo! <laughs> so you, you'll have a button for that? Yeah. There it is. Do you hear it? That's a cool button. That's a good button. It's <laughs> a good button to have. Which one is it? So I can reach over and push it whenever I, I want. I hope it works. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ben's review says, I began this little tale last night and finished it today. That says something for the story. I quite thoroughly enjoyed it, but there were a few things I did not like. Found it interesting that the crew of the Alexandria seemed very quick to accept the doctor's statements that he was a the Traveler, and a ship was a time machine. He dropped these tidbits here and there, and not once did anyone say, What? That's not possible. Most time, folks can't seem to accept these kind of statements from the Doctor. Perhaps that's, perhaps this quick acceptance was due to the shortness of the story. Excuse me. This brings me to my next point. The middle of the story spent a lot of time on the time shifts. Too much, in my opinion, really. That time, the book space could have been used more productively, in my opinion. The last bit I had an issue with was the extreme rapiness that exuded Marco, or exuded from Marco. It didn't seem to serve any purpose, really. The bit with him at Tibby's door and later with Clara had no purpose to the story. It never moved along, in my opinion. Sure, he was a tool whose only care was finding his mother, he, he seemed to hate, but 
did making him a rapey stalker do anything to move the story along? So now that those bits are out of the way, let me reiterate that I really did like this story. The Pharaon and their roads, Jim, were all very interesting. I love the the Pharaon were this perfect society who are tempted by the glamour and upon realizing it did the right thing. And upon realizing it did the right thing. They closed their roads all but one and created a place that could safely contain the glamour. They did all this knowing they they too would be no more. All in good, all all in all, a good story with a few tweaks could have been great. That's Ben's review. Thank you, Ben. And I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, I, in <laughs> fact, it wasn't. If if anything, the his rapiness did lend to him just being a sleaze bag and you not liking him from the get go, and them just laying that groundwork. I think, I think is what they were the trying point. to do. Yeah. But they probably should have scaled it back a little bit. Yeah, they pushed it a little too much. And it actually didn't occur to me as much. But uh, as I was reading this, I kind of stayed away from Ben's review because he got it done relatively early in the uh, month. (laughs) And so as I went, I was kind of writing reviews as I was doing it, kind of trying to do the book discussion kind of thing. You You come back every week and you add a little bit more. And so I skipped over his. And it wasn't until I kind of did my review that I went back and I read his and I thought, you know, he's absolutely right. They really did push that character, but I don't think I noticed it as much. I noticed it, but I didn't notice it as much well, it until was there he really the beginning, s- and then they kind of dropped until it. he really kind of started pointing it out in his review. And I thought, yeah, you know, he he really did. It was a little too heavy-handed, but well, it's the bit the, the specific bit early with him and Tibby comes across as creepy, and oh, you're 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 that guy, you know. But then it's meant to really augment later when Clara is put in danger of, all right, fine, I'll go with you, and, you know, let's go, because nobody wants, nobody wants to travel alone with this guy. And Clara's like, I'll do it, you know, she can take care of herself. And so you, there, there's that added element of, well, we know where this is going to go, you know, that, that she's, she's going to be placed in danger. And she is. The problem is there's no resolution for that moment. Yeah. They just kind of blow the whole thing. I mean, it's and, and it's actively not just a rapiness thing. It's a he tried to kill me thing. And everybody's like, what? Because, well, that's not important because we've got to go over here and do this. And they do. And it's just kind of like dropped right there. And it's like, uh, no. No, I'm sorry. The, the moment you say somebody tried to kill me, I'm not pairing off and, and, and continuing to explore with these individuals anymore. You, you've got yeah. to deal with that yes. elephant in the room. I don't care where you're at. I agree. Or at the very least, you've got to drop a line about whatever impending doom is threatening all of you. And we'll sort that out later. And we didn't get that either. It's just kind of whoop and, and, and left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think that really undercut what they were trying to set up with Marco as a character. I would agree. I would agree. Well, let's move on to our full review. The Pharaon traveled among the stars using roads made from time and space, but only left relics behind when they disappeared over a million years ago. But what exactly happened to the Pharaon? In the far future, humans discover the last Pharaon road, and the Doctor and Clara join the mission to see where it leads. Each member of the team knows exactly what they're looking for, but only the Doctor knows exactly what they'll find. Because only the Doctor knows the true secret of the Pharaon, a secret so terrible and powerful that it must be buried in the deepest grave imaginable. Dun dun dun. Yeah. Yeah. It was an enjoyable read. It was a very quick read. Um, I think in the first quarter of this book, maybe even the first third of this book, I could really visualize this as a television episode. Oh, yeah. I thought it really clicked all, along. All the stuff on the spaceship. It was, yeah, it was, it was very in line with what they're doing on the TV series. It was very much a story that could be tell, told on television. It's not until we get about halfway to two-thirds of the way through this book that I started to second-guess that. And I thought, they're getting a little more cerebral, a little more deep, a little more... Fancy, a little higher budget for a television show, um, and but it, it got really good and clever, and so I was still quite enjoying it. It's not until the third, the last third of the story, that I kind of felt like some of the motivations of the characters didn't go far enough. I think that Balfour's character wasn't explored enough. While I yeah. think he was fleshed out pretty well, I just don't think they explored his potential as the character, as the guy that kind of uh, was 
in charge of this expedition. It was was financing this whole thing. He you felt like really a John a- Hammond character to mm-hmm. me from Jurassic Park through a good chunk of the book, and then at the end or toward near the end, he. It's almost like I expected them to maybe have more um, motivations, have more. Why, especially for him? Yeah, Everybody exactly. Else made a exactly. Lot of sense, because he's one of those kind of guys that he feels a bit smarmy, but you like him. You really like him. He's very charismatic. Yeah. And so I think that made me that left me wanting more. I kind of about expected him to wind up being the villain more. The I'm human, glad they didn't go villain. that way yeah. though, because I did too. I kind of suspected that maybe he was behind something. And more just because he's the one financing it all, not or, because of any way they wrote him, or even indirectly the villain, like the un. Yeah. Intentional villain, like he doesn't necessarily like his his motivations drove him too 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 far, and so he ends up the, the power and the money ends up being the bad guy, and yeah. he's just because he's the one driving it. But they didn't go that way, and so I was actually kind of grateful for that. Um, the the Marcos character, I just felt like I, I'm I'm totally on board with what you just said, Sean, about how we had this kind of leading one way, and then when we got to the the Fact the or the the point where he tries to kill Clara and then they that's sort of brushed aside. I mean, at that point, I think there should have been a mass trial. <laughs> at that point, they should <laughs> and everybody should have believed uh, Clara. And they, I mean, it's almost like they just kind of sloughed that off. Yeah, and it just that felt kind of empty. You, you should have been voted off the island at exactly. this point. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, even at that point, I felt like. I wish he would have had tried again to attack somebody sooner so that somebody could have dispatched of him a lot earlier than I mean I, I realized that there was a, a plan and a purpose for the man but or the character but it just at that point I was so I was so incensed with anger over the fact that nobody was really taking Clara seriously about this and they were actually believing him as untrustworthy as he's been through the whole story. Oh, yeah. And you know they were they were almost balancing Clara and his story saying well we don't know which which Story to believe here. It just I, I that left me with a bad taste. But and maybe that's the difference. Maybe it would have been different had it been another character and not Clara. Because as fans of the show, as viewers, we obviously know Clara is the one that's telling the truth, mm-hmm. unless she's lying. But <laughs> but I mean, you you just you have that. Whereas another character, I don't know their motivation. So maybe they're you know, if that person came back and said this is what happened. And you'd all be like, oh, my God, what is it? And then he says, no, 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 it was this, the blah, blah, blah. And then that character happened to get offed in some horrific, right. oh, I got eaten by a bug or whatever. Oh, oh, that's really sad. That's and then the, you come back to it later. It's like, okay, yeah, well, yeah to, it was you. But To address your point even better, I think, because we're so familiar with Clara. Because we, we're there as witnesses to his attempted murder. Yeah. So Had we not no, matter, no matter what character yeah. it was... We were there as uh, witness. However, having known Clara, we already put a lot of trust and, and, and sympathy into char- her character. Whereas if it had been a second par- character, even though we are witness to the murder, we would be more understandable to their uh, uh, not believing her or, yeah. or not necessarily fully believing what she said or, or going with... It's a lot with easier Marcus. to go along exactly. with it. Exactly. That they're going along with it if versus... If it's not the character we're so invested yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I feel like, honestly, Tabitha was kind of... For, for being the, the, the leader of the research team and kind of being the one that knew everything about the Pharaon, I kind of feel like she was the one that, once we got to the Pharaon... Well, she was kind of sidelined totally. once they got planet side. Yeah, really. I mean, she seemed like she was going to be a big deal Again, on the ship. Third part of the book, and everybody is sidelined for some reason. Yeah. And, and it, it's, you know, it's like the doctor showed up and nobody else was important after that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, if anything, the crew, and, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I've, I've had stories like this myself where I'm writing and there's a group of them, this is so-and-so's story. But then I kind of fell in love with somebody else that I'd created. And, and it happened. It, it, they just yeah. became more important to me as I went on and then realized it's actually their story and not. And I needed to rewrite the open to match what I <laughs> And so sometimes... Well, that's you, where editing comes in. Yeah. Well, and that's almost what this felt like, is it almost felt like, because it became the crew story. It became about Dan and Jim and... Uh, I and, really like Jim. And, uh, Jim. And the, just the idea I really like Dan, too. Yeah, yeah. The, the two mechanics I really liked a lot. But just the idea behind Jim. Uh, she, an, an, an astrogator that can tune into the 
frequencies of the universe was just such a cool and very well, Doctor Who idea. The the concept feels familiar, but brand new at the same time. Yeah, and so I really yeah. kind of thought that was cool. There was a lot of Mass Effect in this book. I, I I wrote in my review that it almost felt like Star Trek that the Doctor had been dropped into a Star Trek episode, and I I, I thought about it more at later, and I was like, no, I think it's it's more Mass Effect with. A, a missing alien race that has laid the foundation. We keep finding artifacts from them, but you know nobody knows mm-hmm. much about them. Mm-hmm. If you've not played the game, it's phenomenal. It's one of the best things ever played. Um, so it, it had that kind of feel to it, um, and I really enjoyed a lot of the backstory that they used to set up with the Pharaoh and Gem, and, and that that whole world building that they did was just really, really cool. I just felt like there wasn't enough of this particular group of people in this particular setting to really take advantage of all of it. Which is weird, considering you've got two supposed experts on the team. But again, they get really sidelined with the Doctor's arc. And I mean, it's the Doctor's story. You don't have to do that, but... I also expected a little more out of Marcus as far as his relationship with his mother, because he was just... he. He's he's on this mission in order to find out what happened to his mother, while the whole time out of the other side of his mouth is is just spewing bile about the woman and how mm-hmm. much he hates her and how much. Yeah. And I, I, so I never could figure out his motivations as far as well, why are you even here? If you didn't like her, why are you going to find out what happened to her? And I don't think that that was ever kind of resolved. I don't think that it was ever resolved as to why she he had so much animosity against his mother. And what well, what his true purpose and meaning was there, other than to be the guy that at the end was the MacGuffin, not even the MacGuffin, but the. It was very much a when when he when he finds her in the cryo tube. They needed and, physical bad guys. What they did. yeah yeah, well, and he's shouting, "Mother!" Just cause it's it was very um, Norman Bates, and I was just kind of like, "Oh, it's that relationship." Okay. Oh, so you at least <laughs> you got know. that out of it. <laughs> I assume. I don't know, but I, I agree with you. I think it's like I, I wish that we'd gotten a little bit more. Again, even even a line dropped later about you know. Well, I read a psychology report, and that was the one question mark that I had was whether or not this would be an. It's like, oh, you knew this all along, and maybe right, everybody turned right. it up. That would have helped. Yes, but yeah. I, I really like the reveal of. The Carthage and the ship being there, and mm-hmm. that how all of that panned out. For me, it's the second act does kind of fall down a little bit. Not because I feel like they spent too much time on the time jumps. I feel like they could have better used them and maybe used more time jumps to show us more of this the history of this planet instead of just the three that we get. I mean, I was wait. I was kind of after the first one happens. I'm like, all right, okay, they're gonna. Start. It's going to be more frequent, and then it's like one other one, and that's it. It's you would think the closer that they were getting to the yeah, and, and it kind of goes that direction. Point of this prison, just, yeah, I kind of hoped kinda that gets, they would speed that up, but they didn't. They yeah, it was yeah. almost like and, and near the end, it kind of speeds up a little bit once they get split off and they're in the jungle, and right? Separate, but then it's still kind of like, well, it's a little too little, too late because now we're dealing with the Carthage and the Pharaoh and all this other stuff that the history of this cool planet that you know that could have been great mystery was kind of left behind like it's used more to to emphasize the the different diversity of the biodomes and the dangers that they're facing and potentially to kill off a couple of the characters well, the writer didn't right. know what to do with exactly. part yeah. of the research team versus part of the crew that he became enamored yeah. with you're yeah. precisely right in fact it almost feels like it was almost obvious that 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 the author didn't know what to do. Baxendale didn't know what to do with these two characters, and so he had a convenient death. You know, it was our, yeah. a convenient point of death. Not necessarily the death was convenient, but a convenient point point to go. Okay, well, I, mean, well, I can, you know, I can thin the herd here. We, we even killed the medic off. <laughs> yeah, gruesomely with the the, the bug spore thing. Yeah. That's oh, just yeah. you know, yeah. uh, and and again to lend credibility to the Marco moment <laughs> with, with Clara so that we, we feel some some genuine uh-oh, you yeah. know, this, this, this is going to end badly. But then it doesn't. <laughs> it's just, we set the bar here and then didn't go, didn't go back for it. And as much as I enjoyed, like, the first third of it and the setup of all the stuff on the spaceship, once we got to the planet, I realized, oh, this is where we're heading. Why couldn't we have gotten there sooner? That's the problem, is that if they had used the, the time jumps 
and and and, and doled out a little bit more of the plot, a little bit more of the history of the Pharaon, and and even if it was just world building, continued. And and didn't necessarily lead into the payoff of the story. I think there's a way you could have done it that would have really helped, not necessarily with the mystery, but with set everything up to give the mystery at the end a little bit bigger bang. I wouldn't have minded them so much, and I'd, I'd, I'd be going, yeah, I wish they'd have done this more. But once you realize as the reader, this is what's happening, that they jump back in time and that we're going further back, then it becomes a, okay, I'll hurry up and get there. Yeah, well, Baxadale's trying to contain the mystery far too much. Yeah. And he has a better surprise at the end, so you can let the you can let the reader in on the fact that you have figured this out a lot sooner. Yeah. And he doesn't. He keeps. It's almost like he's keeping those cards very close to his chest, and it it does. It becomes very obvious that okay, you can you can go ahead and and give me some exhibition here. You can give me some of this history that I'm looking for. You can give me some of this information that could, like, as you said, could be doled out over this time, and uh, instead of trying to save all of that for the end and then leaving me hanging because I don't get as much information yeah. out of as I want. And I, I like the Pharaoh. I think they're a the fascinating idea fascinating. and really cool. And the other thing I feel like, maybe it's because I haven't read the first two books in this, I feel like it, I kind of have an idea of what the glamour is, but I feel like I don't fully, especially early on in the book. By the end of it, I think I, I have a pretty good idea. But especially early on, I feel like I, they're, they're talking about this glamour thing and it's kind of... Vague. And it's I my understanding, understand though, that the, that the glamour is kind of just name dropped in the other two parts of this glamour chronicles uh, story arc, and that you don't need. See, and the way they talk in the first of this book, it sounds like the Doctor and Clara know intimately about the glamour and what it can do. Well, I think they don't know it that intimately because it even still feels like they have maybe just educationally. Very, well, they have very minimal information on it because. They sort of know ahead of the other so much so that 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 Marcus thinks that they're they have something of tre- you know treasure they're treasure hunters and that the glamour is something completely different than what they've let on. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, it doesn't. This book, which should be the finale of the Glamour Chronicles, the one that that kind of drives it home, doesn't give us enough about the glamour, <laughs> and so. Just hearing superficially about how the other two books are more of name drops and you don't even have to have read them to know anything mm-hmm. about what's going on or anything to do with the glamour, it almost feels like that would be unfulfilling as well to go back yeah, and expect to, to, something to from the, about the glamour and in. not get it. So. I suppose that's an important side note that we should put out is that none of the three of us have read either we the other not, two yeah. in the Which glamour Which I know Chronicles one of the books gets referenced in this book. Yes, it did. Yeah. Ble- uh Royal blood. Royal blood. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it had blood in the title. Um, and and so maybe we are coming at it wrong. Maybe there's more. Maybe there's somebody out there who's, who could shed some light on it. Go. No. 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 You absolutely were too. But everything that we were told from our readers and, and listeners is, nah. You don't necessarily need it. It's just kind right. of a, a thing that's there. So going into this one, that was my one concern about starting off with the end of the trilogy, so to speak. Was I always hesitate doing that, but yeah, I had some assurances that it was not necessarily anything that we needed. No, we'd learn what we need to know here. So. And, and I feel like we did. I feel like if that if that information's accurate, then I got everything I needed out of the glamour from this one. But I still don't feel to like put more in the gla- about the glamour in it. I, yeah, I don't feel like I got enough about the glamour to. It, it, it's it's kind of a nameless threat. You yes, know, we, yes. we call it the glamour. Oh, what is it? It's, it's whatever you want. That's oh. a horrible name too. <laughs> I don't like the name. Glamour and then and, and and then what? It's like eh, it's... I see Elizabeth Taylor at the end of some story arc here. <laughs> I, I really do. I, uh, I see some like you know diva esque actress, and she's all dolled up and has uh, dolled up. I use the nineteen sorry, I use the nineteen thirties term, but uh, all you know dressed up and glamorous and. and which is not in any way what they were going for, but that's just the image that it well, evokes and, and for once, me. And I thought, once you kind of realize that the glamour can shapeshift and take whatever form you want, it, the name kind of does make sense. Because it's like a magical glamour that you put on somebody that they would see whatever. I thought that's of that. A, that's, that's a good, that's that's a good how point. I took it. That actually works better for me, Keith. What was the, uh, an it's infinite more quest? A, a fantasy phrase than a sci fi sure, phrase. Sure, sure. An infinite quest. What is the? Does it have a uh, the the thing that everybody? I don't remember if it had a specific name. Kind of reminded me of that too. Um, well, it's 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 a it's a trope that's been used throughout 
lots of fantasy <laughs> sci-fi. Yeah. Excuse me. Well, it's, it, it, it kind of reminds me of... Uh, um, Star Trek Generations, that, uh, you know, the Nexus, which is this, you know, mysterious energy ribbon rolling through space. What happens when you get sucked into it? It's like being wrapped inside joy. Yeah, you don't want to leave. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> it, it's it's high-minded enough to the point where Wasn't it's like... Wasn't that infinite? In, in or was it, is it actually the infinite? infinite. Yeah, you're right. That would make sense. <laughs> I think at least, I mean... No, the ship was the infinite. That Yeah, that's what I remember. I didn't know if the other thing had a specific... Uh, I don't remember. I, I'm not seeing a name for the other thing. Okay. As far as generation goes, we're not here to talk about generations, but I'm going to say, <laughs> I, think that they, I think that they certainly tried, at least in generations, to give you a visual, visual representation of what the Nexus was. I don't think it went far enough. I don't but think I it think, did very well. I think that they, they, they certainly tried, especially when they pulled that first group out, and Gana's in it, and they they're almost crushed by the fact that they've been taken from it and then later when they show us when uh, Picard goes in to get Kirk out of the Nexus and you see the um, uh, vi- not vision but the uh, uh, the lie that, that, that Kirk's in although he I, I <laughs> he was a little too able to figure out that it wasn't right that there was something yeah. wrong with it If so if this thing's so powerful envelops you in joy. I don't think that anybody, even Kirk, as much of a pedestal as we put him on, would have been able to see through it. I think it would have taken, should have taken Picard a little more of convincing to get him out of there. But anyway, I, I, I think there at, are least, many, at many, least many, in many, that, many issues with generations. Yeah, well, in, at least in that, they tried to give you a visible, visible rep- representation of what this might actually be. But can't yeah. do that in a book. I'm well, so, and no, it, yeah. you know, you can't. And that's one of the things that I think you kind of need to wave the red flag earlier in the creation process. When you sit down and you're coming up with this bad guy, the glamour, and what what is it? Well, it's whatever you want most. Somebody somewhere needed to go, excuse me, I have a question. (laughs) How is that going to work? Because you can't visualize it in a book. You can't just tell me, with the doctor dropping some vague, well, you know, think about it, well, what I want is to go home. Okay, but what if that's the glamour? Well, now everything is up for grabs, yeah. you know, and you just, it, it makes it a really difficult thing. When it does shapeshift and becomes the image of Dan or possesses Dan, however, you know, yeah. that, that element of it works, then it's a little more concrete. You get a better idea. And you can. And then you, it's projecting things on, like, how the TARDIS looks. So. Yeah, which that part I actually really liked. Yeah, I, 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 I was like that I was very concerned when the doctor was like, oh, you took the long way around. And there's a part of me that's like, Grandpa, Grandpa, Wesley's not dead. He's only faking, right? <laughs> because I bought it. I bought I bought into the thing. And then when, of course, the doctor reveals later that, well, of course, you didn't think I saw it that way, did you? It's like, oh, okay. Right. I like it when you go back to being the most clever man in the room. Yeah. <laughs> so that part was really cool. I think... Um I think the voice again of Clara and the Doctor, I think, is well realized. Yeah. I, I really felt, I believed that these characters were the characters that were being portrayed. Um, I thought that the, the Doctor and Clara's relationship in this was very in line with how the series has portrayed them. I think uh, dialogue between the two and dialogue between the crew, them and the crew, was very true to character. So I appreciated that, and I think that's what that that's what added or what that's what cemented my enjoyment of the book is the fact that it really yeah. felt like familiar characters well and that yeah. that goes back into the feeling very much like an episode that they they got the voice right which maybe that's what makes the book work because i i didn't stop enjoying that when the book sort of takes a different turn as i was saying and it gets to a point where i feel like it couldn't have been an episode on television but you've already cemented you've you've made me comfortable you've made me feel like I recognize these characters, so when we take the next the step, exactly. And, yeah. So when we ne- take that next step, where we're going to get a little different here, I still am enjoying it because now I've gotten comfortable with how you've written my characters. Take them to a new, you know, uh, adv- or not adventure because they're on the same adventure, but take them in a new direction and show me something a little different, and that worked for me. It's just once we get to that third act for me is when I'm like, eh, okay, we're getting a little bit. <laughs> It felt rushed at the end as well. It felt yeah, like we were trying to, to sum it up. It's like we got to our 280-some pages and went, oh, gosh, I'm, I really ought to wrap this up now. <laughs> there's a, there's this is a new adventure book. I can't really go on. <laughs> can't there's on. an old joke from the Target novelization line 
that uh, the publishers apparently used to, I think it was Ian Martyr who told the story. He says they would tell people, write 234 pages and then stop. That's how you novelize Doctor <laughs> Who. Is whatever information you need to give me, 234 pages is the ideal target. And and with these... That's because Terrence did that. <laughs> Terrence would go, okay, and he'd do it. And he did it well. <laughs> so he set the benchmark so that everybody for everybody else, else and they it. went, oh, really? <laughs> so what the, if I'm not done? Well, just stop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Terrence never stopped, though. He just he, uh, like, he, he was, was done. When he got it. there, he was like, okay, I'm done. This is where I'm at. We got to the end. Um, this one clocks it at 251 pages. 251, that's what it is. And it feels very much that same kind of way that you could have really put a lot more into it. And maybe the direction is given from on top that we only want this much. And I don't, maybe maybe in a behind-the-scenes battle, there was a huge issue with the publisher and, and, and poor Trevor because he actually wrote 251 <laughs> pages. And they're like, you can't put these extra 20 pages in here. And he's like, I've already cut 60 pages worth of stuff, man. You can't do this to me. And so they compromise. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> totally... and said, okay, you can have 251. I'm totally spitballing here. <laughs> I have no idea. They said 250, but... and he said, I'm going to stick it to him, and he gave him an extra page. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, well, I don't know. But. Now Trevor will never write for Doctor Who again. Darn. <laughs> We're completely speculating there. Yeah, I just... No I, I, idea. We have no, no idea. idea. But I, I wonder if that maybe doesn't have something to do with some of these. Because, I mean, obviously you, you, you have a, a, a... No pun intended, but a target audience. You have a, 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 a benchmark that these are kind of all in the same vein of... You know what you're getting into. You know, it's going to be like an episode. And so you don't get things like the Virgin New Adventures, which I think are a little thicker and a little yeah. more No, the new developed. Virgin New Adventures are probably right in line with the target novelizations. They're usually about oh, are they? some pages. What are the ones that I'm thinking of then? Uh, I think you're talking thinking of the past, past Doctor past, Adventures. Past, yeah. yeah, those, those, those. definitely are, are 300 plus sometimes um, pages. And, and Although I think maybe that, some of those shouldn't be. But. Well, I, <laughs> sometimes that happens. Sometimes they do get padded out a bit, I think. Um, and... Not necessarily because they're trying to reach a th- larger goal of 300 or 350 pages, but because the, the, the writer's given a little bit of room. So maybe that 250 or 230 benchmark is a good thing to keep things a little more concise. And I, I certainly with the new adventure books, I think they do try to, or the, uh, yeah, the new adventure books, they do try to set a, a pace on them because they do come out more frequently than anything right. else. They, they You usually get one or, one or two of those, or a, uh, no, you probably get four or five of those a quarter, maybe even more, and so or not quarter a uh, year, and maybe even more. And so I think that that's probably something that's a re- realistically they do set a a, a page number limit uh, on them. Don't try not to go. I'm so sure they, I'm sure it's not a definitive. You've got two hundred thirty <laughs> pages to tell your story. Um, interestingly enough, th- so many many moons ago when we uh, reviewed um, Only Human. That was one of the things that we had, I think. We had other issues with it as well. But I rem- seem to remember us saying that the end really felt like a rush to get to the to the end. And I think I wonder if that is something that we'll find as we read more of the New Adventure story is it's the case. Just how that, they that ended. They, there are some authors that could have gone on and wrote, you know, 100 more pages to flush these characters out more or to develop that plot better. Um, but because we're writing for New Adventures and they want a smaller structure... That maybe that is the case. Yeah, and I mean, you're, you're, you're talking to somebody who owned, I don't know, the majority of the Star Trek novels when they were out, which were not canon, but it was just one of those. We're, we're gonna we're gonna throw them out here. Paramount, and here Paramount forces you to say they were not canon. Yeah, I'm contractually <laughs> obligated by Paramount Pictures, now CBS, to say this is not part of the uh, the, the, the the stuff. But you know, I read of the ninety percent of them that I owned, I read eighty eight percent of those. So I, I just I, I've consumed a lot of the tie-in media, and I kind of know what to expect. But all of those came in at about the three hundred page mark. Some were three thirty, some were a little longer. But you could, you, you knew that this was the story that was going to get told in this the time frame. And as with all Star Trek stories, it was problem on planet X has to be solved by time frame Y with implications of Z. Yeah. <laughs> go okay and you got an enjoyable adventure story out of it so when i come to a doctor who one and it feels so truncated as opposed to a 300 oh. maybe that extra 50 pages would have really could be. Could be. fleshed it out a little bit but it's a different animal sometimes so, sometimes formatting for a media though works and i think it yeah. does work for that in in the star trek books uh in doctor who i think because it doesn't se- it seems like to me that they don't have the xyz formula uh, so much for the writers in there that I wonder if that's the struggle. Is, that could is be if it, they did yeah. come in and say X, Y, Z, as you eloquently explained, 
that maybe it would be a lot easier for them to meet the benchmarks that they need for 230, 250 pages. So I, yeah, maybe onto something there. I'm harping a lot on that, which is unfair. I mean, it's not no, it's, it's, it's not Trevor's and, fault and, 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 that if well, he if he was limited to 250 it, pages. As much as we're nitpicking this book apart, it's really it's enjoyable. Really, it is and an I enjoyable one. I think that 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 we've made it clear that it's the last third, or, or for Keith, he says last half, but last third at the most. Yeah. That, Really feels like it falls down because I, I I really enjoy the story. I re- I enjoyed it all the way to the end, but I enjoyed the the first two acts of it much better than I did. The I third. wonder if some of it is his writing style because he also wrote the Dark Flame, the Big Finish story, and it kind of has a very. Uh, from Which one was the Dark Flame? It was the one with Bernie, and um, Benny. Benny. Uh, a thousand years ago, the cult of the Dark Flame. Oh right, right. Every it was one of the uh, sidestep ones. It was the second. It was uh, it was the one with like Doctor the burning Ace people, and, not and the scourge, not no, Shadow the Scourge. The, no, was the, the, other the one we reviewed in the archaeologist and his robot. And yeah, all of them. They were going down to the planet. They went to they oh, went to pick up okay. Benny because she was on this uh, archaeological expedition, and they end up going to this weird surreal location where the flame is is trying to re-establish the cult. And that's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So th- I, I see a kind of some parallels to this type of storytelling that he told between the two. So I wonder if that's just his style. That could be. And if I remember that story, felt uh, a little rushed. Unraveled your theory, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> kind of, kind of did. <laughs> Grab that now, bed and just. We'd, ha- we'd have to read some of his other. He has a lot of uh, credits um, in short trips, uh, comics, and several novels and novelizations. So we'd have to read some of those to know for sure. I think. Oh, he's no Justin Richards. He's no Justin Richards, <laughs> that's for certain. But enjoy me. Or Steve Lyons. I shouldn't have said that. Or that's Steve Lyons. Or Steve Lyons. That's my favorite. Um, or Julie... Who was the one that wrote uh, Earthworld that I really I really enjoyed her writing style? You know what I'm talking about. Rainer? No. Jacqueline Jacqueline Rainer. Yeah. No, 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 that's not right either. Or is it? Yeah. Jacqueline Rainer. Hold I on, think that's looking right. up who wrote Earthworld. Jacqueline is definitely her first name. Then it'd be Jacqueline Rayner. Okay, Jacqueline. Then, I mean, maybe maybe that shows that because I enjoyed the third chunk of the book as well. I did too, and, yeah. and, and was looking forward to the resolution and, and feel like you know once once the cat was out of the bag and the the, the pharaoh had shown up and said, "This is what we're doing" in a very cool, atmospheric, yeah, you know, talking yeah. through people and everybody's got this booming telepathy voice in their heads and everything. It's like, all right, yeah, we're finally getting to the. And and it, and it was it was cool as I said deep time it's the name of a prison just the concept awesome. of this time prison is phenomenal and the fact that they've exiled themselves to it in the long run I think is even more fascinating so I the 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 device is great and yeah. that makes it a lot really enjoyable because when it's revealed what this is actually what this is and that they're basically headed to the center of this basically well in space that's, <laughs> that is meant to be a prison. That's 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 a pretty and maybe that's why it's so frustrating is because it's such a cool setup that then we feel cheated that we had to spend so much time jumping around in time, getting and and, and and dealing with the the the, the trappings bugs. and the bugs <laughs> to get to this moment that we didn't get to spend more time in this moment and and kind of dealing with the true meat of the story and the trap for the glamour yeah. and everything maybe that's why could be I think that is a lot of it. But still an enjoyable read. And if you haven't finished it yet and uh, you're still listening to us, you, you, should, you should still finish it. And, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and yes. Make sure you get your comments on Goodreads and let them know what yeah, you, you thought of it. Yeah, you can weigh in. And the next book, April's book, has been announced. It is The Stone Rose by Jacqueline Rayner. Yay! Oh, God! That just completely <laughs> elevated my expectations for the book. I'm going into that one. I'm reading that one for sure. Well, we are because we're reviewing it, but I'm definitely going to jump on that. It is a Tin and Rose story. That shouldn't be too surprising considering the title. (laughs) At least the the Rose (laughs) part. At least the Rose aspect of it. And, of course, uh, weigh in on our Goodreads book club or on any form of our social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Good, uh, I just said Goodreads. Google Plus. Okay. (laughs) I I better throw a third one in there. Google Plus. No one's on. And of course, you can email us at feedback at traveling the vortex, and we'll read it out right here on the podcast. I just revamped my uh, blog, my personal blog, and uh, by the way, it's just www.trappedinthevortex.com. 
dot wordpress.com is that it's, back it's a uh, well i haven't done anything recently i've just been putting good reads reviews up there but my plan is to uh buckle down and do some more blogging on that but anyway i revamped the site a little bit so it's got a new look <laughs> and i have the social media buttons on there how you can contact me social media wise and i actually took the google plus one off <laughs> so I, I haven't looked at my google plus for like i don't know eight months so i was like i don't want anybody contacting me on there and then me not see it for like a year <laughs> i feel a little guilty actually because of course you know i use google for everything else yeah me too. yeah and, and and it keeps reminding me that i'm logged in through google plus to everything else on google it's like yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> still not clicking your button buddy nope. <laughs> just nope. just i can't they, do it they, they keep trying they keep trying Earlier would have worked. What do we got coming up on the schedule? Uh, well, coming up next on the schedule. Oh, my schedule moved. What is next on the... There it is. I had it. I had I it all pulled my up. Schedule but moves. My schedule My schedule had scrolled. Uh, pa, 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 pa. Next week, Friday Night Who, which will be uh, 4-8, or April 8th, or 8th of April, if you're uh, across the pond. <laughs> is uh, the Armageddon Factor parts one through three with Tom Baker and uh, Mary Tam? No. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a moment. It is. And Lala Ward. And, and Lala Ward. <laughs> but uh, but Mary Tam is is Ramona, and uh, the reason we're doing that is uh, we're going to do the fourth Doctor Adventures from Big Finish uh, season two, episode number one, the Antimatter which features Tom Baker and Mary Tam. And then we're also going to uh, go back and get Is some it more... the antimatter or the antimatter? The antimata. With a U. But uh, <laughs> I, I struggle with that because uh, they misspelled the Glamour Chronicles on my book. It's got an O-U at the end of it. And I was like, what are you guys <laughs> Oh, doing? it's not the Glamour, it's the Glamour. The Glamour. <laughs> it's the Glamour Chronicles. Well, then that fixes it for me. <laughs> It's not. It's not glamorous at all. Uh, it's it's glamorous. glamorous. <laughs> Those silly Brits and their invention of the language. <laughs> and then we're also going to do some more uh, Titan comics. So more reading in your future. Uh, uh, the Eleventh Doctor season two. So Keith should be excited Yay! getting back into the Matt Smith era. Uh, um, one through five, or two point one through two point five, as the comics year, I believe is official. Year two. Year two. Which technically is like issue 16 through 21, if my math is correct. But I don't think they're numbering they're that not way. Numbering them so that it doesn't way. it doesn't matter if I say that or yeah, not. It's, it's that's just year confusing. Two episode, or issues one through five. Season two, one through five. Uh, and then uh, the next week we will conclude the Armageddon Factor with parts four through six, which of course we split up because it's a six-part story. Uh, and then uh, get some more Fourth Doctor and Romana because we're going to do the next two big finish stories from the uh, 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 Fourth Doctor second season, which is number two, The Sands of Life, and number three, The War Against the Land. So we'll be reviewing those. And then you may want to go out and check out your local video store if there is such a thing. We will be doing End of the World with uh, The Ninth Doctor and Rose for Friday Night Who on 422. And the reason for that is it's time to go Beyond the Doctor with Christopher Eccleson. And we're going to be watching Elizabeth. Which was just added for April... On Netflix. Ooh, serendipitous. So there's, yeah. there's another uh, So you don't, that, you don't have to go to your local video store or library if you have a Netflix subscription. Go to your Netflix account. I like it when things are on Netflix and it's easy for me. Yeah. But you should always check out your local library. Absolutely. Or and, video store. And support your local video store <laughs> while you're at it. Your local. I think we're a little bit late on that. Hey, if people had supported them, they wouldn't have gone away. <laughs> we still have some. As we plug the thing that killed them first. Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're not already supporting, I'm still surprised this, that. But it just if you're not already supporting this podcast as a Patreon uh, subscriber or uh, supporter, please do so. Uh, Why all, not? All of the proceeds uh, <laughs> do go right straight back into this podcast. One hundred percent, every bit of that goes to help this show keep it on the airwaves, on iTunes, and all the other uh, aggregate devices that uh, you utilize. It basically keeps us on the internet. And uh, if you're not supporting us, please do. We appreciate it. And, uh, of course, if that's not your thing, we do have some click-through links for some of our sponsors, Entertainment Earth and Amazon.com. Please go there, click through there, and uh, do your purchases in there because a percentage of that also goes to us. And we also have some fine merchandise in our spread shirt shop. 
that so all? you should you should go through the Traveling the Vortex website to Amazon and purchase some of these uh, Friday Night Who episodes that are coming yes. up. So yeah. that you before can, they're gone. Before so you, so you can follow <laughs> along. But more importantly, do it now because they're all disappearing. <laughs> all right. Is that going to do it for this week? Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. You're all glamorous. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.